Guess what, cinephiles? I've just heard something absolutely mind-blowing. Okay, so you know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a tiny fraction of what Netflix actually has. Netflix actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only like 6,000 of those are available in the U.S., so you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows, unless you use ExpressVPN. Yeah, Steve, ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location. So like, for example, if you're looking for stuff that's from another country, you're based here in the United States, you actually change your online location to Australia or the UK so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have over 100 different locations. They're on ExpressVPN. So you can, you can gain access to like thousands of of new shows no matter where you live. And this works with many other streaming services too there. You guys have Disney Plus or Hulu or Max or the BBC iPlayer, which is the one I use. I know I've used ExpressVPN to connect to Australia because I really love this show called Have You Been Paying Attention? I just put myself in Melbourne and I get access to it. You sign up using your email, but you immediately get access to the stuff. I've used the BBC iPlayer to watch a number of shows there on the BBC like Law & Order UK and others. And sometimes this show Guilty that I love that uh, screens there, when the new seasons pop up, because it takes like four months to get them on PBS, I watch them there using ExpressVPN. And it's incredible how easy it is and how simple it is to use. So why should you use ExpressVPN? Well, first of all, it is super fast. That means you can stream everything in HD with no buffering. It works on any device. So I'm an Apple guy, which means I've already installed it on my Mac, on my iPhone, on my iPad, and on my Apple TV. I'd install it on my Apple Watch if I could, and it encrypts your data. Now, this is hugely important because it protects your privacy and your security to keep you safe from hackers. So stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you guys three extra months of free use when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash cinephiles. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S to get three extra months completely free. Hey, everyone. This is the outlaw John Roca with Steve Morris. Hello. And we are doing one of our kind of live um, previews here for the live show that's happening this week, 4 p.m. PT, this Friday. And the topic for our live show is critics versus fans. The debate has heated up again after Shazam and, and uh, Ant-Man 3. And recently, A.O. Scott of the New York Times, a critic that I personally loved and read for numerous years uh, at the New York Times, he has retired as a film critic to go back to being a food critic and walked away from this because in part of the rabid toxicity of fandom of the fandoms. So Steve and I are going to have a discussion about whether film criticism is dying. I, I can't wait to have this conversation because I think, because in a, in a way like what you and I have been doing for the last seven years is film criticism and yeah. on, a, on a deep level. So yes. I think there's a lot to say and you know how I feel about the toxicity I see out there in the world. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to this conversation on Friday. I agree because it's something that I'm intimately connected to as I know many people who are critics, legitimately strong critics. I am still somewhat of a new critic, but seeing a lot of them struggle with some of the interactions with the fandoms, some of the uh, from all kinds. I'm not even selecting any, just all across the board, any fandom, the toxicity they encounter when they don't like a movie, and then seeing critics and pundits step forward and say, 
ignore the critics. The same people who are in the sphere with these critics saying, ignore the critics, go and see these movies. If you want these films to be made, you better go and see them or else no, they're going to stop making them and then you won't get them anymore. When in my opinion, and which we'll talk about further in detail in the live show, is that if you keep um, saying that it's okay to make medium or mid-level films, that's all we're going to get. And that's also going to lead to the death of the superhero film genre or the fantasy film genre or whatever. And I hope we explore not just this film criticism dying, but are fandoms possibly in danger of dying because of their own behavior? Are they, in essence, taking their own arsenic when they think they're fighting the good fight? possibly unknowingly destroying their own fandoms down the road because we might get less and less quality type of entertainment to entertain those fandoms. And that's why I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And another conversation, by the way, that we just had, which will only be available on Patreon, is John wanted to talk about AI. And we're <laughs> going to record a nice little Patreon short. Our shorts usually last 10, 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes they go as long as 30, and we call them a medium. This was neither of those. We had a 50-minute intense conversation. It's one of the best conversations we've had on Patreon in a long time. So that's patreon.com slash the cinephiles to hear us go off and be terrified about AI. Right. So there's no movie for you to for you to buy this week on cine-files.net. There's no movie for you to buy, but I would encourage you all to read the A.O. Scott retirement from February in the New York Times. So you have a little bit a little bit of a base level of understanding of where we're both going to be coming from in this conversation live at 4 p.m. PT this Friday on the Cinephiles YouTube channel. Join us, won't you? <laughs>